morning, officer. Maybe this is the pot calling the kettle black. This guy thinks he's a genius and he's a moron. <laughs> Good news, everyone. Y2K! Y2K! Oh no! Think of like the dumbest cave troll that you know. You looked right at me when you said that. You're not the dumbest. Here are the facts as I see them. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Bandit Radio Hour. Hey, I got it out right that time. Uh, we are once again secluded in our uh, trailer slash bunker in southwest Florida. Uh, we're coming at y'all. Thank y'all. First off, right off the bat, everybody, thank y'all for listening. Uh, even like 20 minutes past this part, that means y'all didn't accidentally throw it on here. And now we're even picking up numbers. This is cool. So really, thank you, everybody, for listening. Now, done with that horseshit. On to actually talking about things. Uh, Merz, you got done with the Rodeo? Oh, the Rodeo. Yes. The drive. <laughs> How was that? Now, uh, you did. It was the 95th Arcadia Annual Rodeo, the granddaddy of them all. And now uh, you're saying. And sound- it was a root tootin' good time. Did you participate in it? No. No. Yeah, the hell with that. We, we don't do rodeo. I, I have no desire to have to do that for, like, work sometimes and then go do it for fun. I asked my mom, actually, earlier today. I said, you know what? You know, I know other ranching families that are, like, deep into the rodeo. And, like, your family's big on going to it. And, like, it's it. y'all have done that forever, haven't y'all? Yeah, well, it's, like, because they're, they're members on the association and stuff like that. Right. Uh, they're involved in it. Yeah. Um, I've been twice in my life to a rodeo. And one was a ranch rodeo. No, I've been three times. I've been to a ranch rodeo. I went to a pro rodeo. But it might have been at the Turner Center in Arcadia. Uh, but I also went to a Mexican rodeo and let me tell you something. You got us kicked out of the VIP tent drinking underage. What? <laughs> At the rodeo in Arcadia. Cause we had free, had free, we had free, or maybe not underage, but we had free tickets. We had, well, that's we had right. I went we with you tickets, one and then you time. You tried to give in free drinks to, to somebody else that wasn't supposed to be in the VIP or something and got us kicked out of the VIP tent. That makes sense. <laughs> Who did I give a drink to? I don't know, but you did something and got us kicked out of the VIP. That tent. makes sense. <laughs> and I, I don't fully remember this memory. So, but I, so I, add in one more rodeo. <laughs> okay, one more rodeo. That, that might have been... What rodeo was that that we went to? That was to? the Arcadia Rodeo. Okay. Is that technically a pro rodeo? Yeah, it's on the PVR circuit. Then yeah, that's the pro rodeo okay. I went to. That's the one I'm remembering. Was that... Wait, that was at the old yep. arena. Yeah. Okay. No, I remember that. And I went to a Mexican rodeo when I was younger than that. That was intimidating that's the I've, I've seen up i've seen a cleanup that goes on after <laughs> one of those God. so i can only imagine i also remember one of the bulls got loose and like was running through the neighborhoods there off hargrave oh la and, la yeah i imagine it was just the like the angry spanish bulls so you know some people were just getting like you know some poor guy just like riding his bike <laughs> or walking down the street and got just smoked it had four swords sticking out of it <laughs> <laughs> flags <laughs> i picture like the looney tunes bulls got like, little guns for the horns there you go Guns for oh yeah, I remember when he gets really angry. The yeah. horns start going off. Yeah, you're right, you're right. Uh, but so yeah, so what? You actually said you saw something. You saw a horrifying event. At oh the rodeo. yeah, you know because you know the livestock and you know all the animals that are there. They're just huh. so I'm sitting there watching, and you know some people don't like the rodeo because they think it's animal cruel to animals, and I've never felt that way right. until this time. I'm sitting there watching. These three little calves get put in the center of this arena. Right. Big arena, dirt on the ground. Uh, yeah. And they, they tie three little bandanas to their tails. And then the premises... Now, hang on. Like, so they're not all tied together. Like three calves, a flag on each tail. Right. Okay. And then they invite all the children at the rodeo down into the arena. How many are we talking? I'm talking a couple hundred. A easily. couple of hundred. A couple hundred children. Easy. Oh, my God. And so... Now, these these three calves are staring death in their eyes as all these little, like, snotty-nosed kids... So, hang on, hang on. so, like, do the kids encircle them, or, like, do the calves kind of have they, a no, corner? They, they, yeah, they put the calves on one end, or just, like, in the arena, and then right. all the children are amassed on the other end of the arena. A mountain of seven-year-olds. And, and then they, they get a $50 bill if they, get, <laughs> if they pull the bandana off the tail. And then Best all, $150 ever spent in human oh, history. Oh, 100%. And then all at once, they yell... Go, and when I say it looks like the the th- movie Three Hundred, where the where the immortals, where the immortals just come running out of like the mist, the mass of them, oh, they're all screaming, and, just, and then just running at these three calves, and they're just standing there, have nowhere to go, 
And like I said, the two kind of like turn. It's a it's a circle. They can't run right. real far. Two kind of run like off of the side. So did they flank? Did the two flank the kids? Like get around them? Or? No, they just tried to like run as far away as possible. But one just accepted his fate and turned bravely and ran headlong into these children and just starts cartwheeling these little kids and they're just oh, like good for that calf and then you just see that the kids just like rolling over each other as they're trying to turn back and they're tripping over each other his gut didn't go the way they I got, wanted they mother. got his bandana off but he he definitely took out fighting and then the other kids just kind of swarmed the other two and they just now I'm curious you're like on the, the fair commission like who supplied the calves I'm sure it just came with whoever brought in like all the rough stock and it, stuff. It's probably, pretty, I think it was like two of like um like from the like the calf roping. Right. It was how, like three how, of those. How big of calves were they? I'd say they're they're decent. I'd say like two fifty, three hundred pound calves. Now you think after that, like they go back out to their pasture where the other well, I don't know what they do with calf roping. I'm really ignorant of it. But I'm thinking, man. They go put them back in the pen with like other calves, and they're yeah. probably just—they have some war stories. I like guys. No, I know they stick. They the big ones stick us with needles and rope us and stuff. But there was a day. <laughs> <laughs> there was a day I faced off against their younglings. Yeah. No, it was. It was just like I said. You just watched like a swarm of these children just come like sprinting at these calves. But that's how. Just like you said, though, that's kind of how my family always looked at it. After asking my mom, I was like, "Why didn't my grandpa ever like get into the rodeo or whatever?" She goes, "He did the work so much during the week, like to take a weekend to go do more of the work and maybe not get paid for it." Was like, "No, yeah, out, out of the. I want to go home and sit in the air conditioning and relax this weekend. I don't want to bust." Yeah, my that's ass. me. I'll go. I'll go for the afternoon, watch the rodeo. Yeah. I'm good. Yeah. And it's also then like. A, see the cowboys getting thrown off and everything. I was like, I'm glad my, glad that's not me and I can walk tomorrow. Yeah. And uh, like, I do have like a, a definite respect for anyone who doesn't. I think it's like, is it a little bit of animal cruelty? I mean, like if I'm being honest, like, yeah, it's a little bit, but it's a little bit of human cruelty too. I oh, mean, I think it's, a, I think it's kind of an even play. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if we don't stab them to death like the bullfighters do or yeah. anything like that. Uh, but e- even... The one thing I got against bullfighting is is what they do is like before like the actual matador steps in there is they cut the muscles on the bull's neck where yeah. he can't turn his head and hook. So that's why he can sidestep it because the bull can't really throw his head and catch him. So that's... My... Other than that... Uh, that's what I, mean. I say give the bull a fair... Bunch eat. of faggy Spaniards. Yeah. What a... What a... Well, I mean, look at their outfits. True, true. I mean, but like, yeah. But no, like, I mean, way cooler to see, like, I'd love to go to the bullfight and the bull win. I was telling you, like, a tad bit about this, uh, I think, the other day on the phone. But I remember something that blew my mind. It was in the, you remember Coach Langham? The guy from, like, Michigan? Blonde hair. Always talked like this, you know. Like, he was real. He might have been from Wisconsin. Anyways. It sounds familiar, but I can't. He he is our world history uh, uh, teacher. And he was one of the first teachers. He was, a ner- he was a nerd, so, like, he, in our age, he was one of the first ones to go, like, hey, guys, so there's this, like, search engine called Google where you can, like, look up anything, and we're like, whatever, northern Yankee man with your funny magic googly eyes. But he's like, oh, y'all want to see something neat about the rodeo? And we're like, yeah. He goes, where do y'all think it came from? And we're like, I don't know, Texas? You know? Ancient Greece. No, they wear togas. And he goes, no, like, he showed. Why, why do I feel like I'm not going to like where this goes? No, 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 not down that road, not down that, I don't think, we weren't taught about that road at least, what he showed, it was a badass, um, uh, what do you call it, where you got a big painting, but it's made up of a bunch of little tiny rocks that you, pointillism, no, no, it's a, a painting made of a bunch of little dots, not dots, but a mosaic, mosaic, yeah, yeah, it was a huge mosaic, of like this event they would go to in the Colosseum where there'd be a, it it was a sp- certain island in Greece. It might have been Cyprus. There's it like been, a donkey and people throwing a bunch of money and tequila. Not Mexico. <laughs> not Mexico. There might have been that in Rome and maybe even Greece, but not this. The the mural shows like the uh, a dude getting like charged by a bull and what the goal was to run head first at it and jump and grab its horns and land on its neck and ride it. That was the game. And it was like... A, a, How bored were people back then? Dude. 
Like, if you weren't, like, starving to death or at war, like... Well, I think for the most part, people weren't starving to death. I mean, for... I think it depends on time and yeah, place. Yeah, that was before the Dark Ages, I the, assume. And not only that, like, there, there were times there were famines. You know, crops didn't grow right for a different amount of reasons. Um, but, I mean, for the most part... I don't know. I, there's this really famous like lefty meme that shows like medieval times, and it's like halfway right and it's halfway wrong. It's like, did you know in medieval times they only worked 150 days out of the year and only worked like for? They tried comparing it to the modern day. It's like, all right, here's what you get. Don't get you dumbass. They're getting paid less than a dollar a day. They're don't they own, don't have toilet paper. They don't own anything. That like they're sitting in their lord's house on their lord's land. On so, anyways. But that, so it depends where and when, but no, I think there's just times of plenty that everyone parties and has a good time. There's times of not plenty where everyone's like, we don't have no entertainment because we got to kill rats and eat them. And then you get the plague. Yep. Not, not if you're eating the rats. That's if the fleas off the rats are eating you. I'm assuming it's just a vicious but cycle. What was that thing I read about? I don't know how true it was, but it's one of those fun thoughts anyways. What, like a, a huge chunk of the Black Death was due to them getting rid of cats because they didn't like them, but the cats have a really good method of getting rid of not only rats and mice, but uh, fleas. Which some I didn't know. You Like, as they clean themselves... Their tongues look like, if you look at a microscope, look like a little Velcro. Yeah. Yeah, they can just grab fleas and gulp. Huh. Yeah. I mean, what badass little creatures y'all are. I mean, y'all are little bitches, too. I don't like you, but. Uh, Yeah, a cat's like a double-edged sword. Like, I don't know. It's like I can appreciate a cat for that it's a cat, but at the same time, I don't know what animal can be more infuriating. I don't like how they interact with humans because they just act like stubborn. Uh, they have like a grandeur like about them. Like they they perceive themselves in a high light. Yeah, yeah, like better than you. But I love them interacting with other animals. Like I just love well, the internet. Like you'll just see some dog minding its own business and a cat walking by. Cat just turns around, whacks shit out of the dog. Is like step in line, my boy. And the dog's like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I will sit still. I don't know what I did to anger you, tiny hairy midget. And the cat's like, what thought? Keeps walking. So, no, cats are bad. How the hell did we get the... We went from Greek rodeo to, to cats. Yeah. Uh, oh, so, yeah, you went rodeoing. At least visiting it. Uh, soberly. That, that'd be interesting. Not as fun. No. <laughs> no. That's most of... I don't like drinking a whole lot anymore. And that's half the reason I don't go to rodeos. Because if I'm... There are some people I don't mind being around if they're drunk. Like, I can have a fun time with them, and I can roll with the punches with them. But when you have a big crowd of drunk people, I'm like, I, I just got to get out of here for the most part. It was good. Spent time like my oh. niece and nephew, and so they, yeah. had a, they had I think they had more fun just running back and forth, like, on the bleachers than anything. Yeah, yeah, doing, doing the four-year-old thing. Yeah. Um, so, no, what did I do this last week? I actually... Last week was crazy between herbiciding and fertilizing, which spraying pastures essentially with a big tractor and boom sprayer. Um, Did that, fixed fence, tried getting it all done so I could haul ass up to Michigan to see my son for his birthday. Then, oh, excuse me, Folgers, making me burp. And like $20 worth of Taco Bell. But no, I went up, uh, woke up at four in the morning to go catch a flight to go up there. Flight got canceled. No explanation at all. No nothing. Yeah, you're not even supposed to be here recording right now. No, I'm supposed to be up there, and that that was a big-ass letdown, so that sucked. Um, I was really pissed off about that. Did but, they ever get a, fo- get a follow-up, a refund? No, there was other... Uh, so it's a f- flight from Florida up to Michigan, and there were, like, every other airline was making flights that day. There was a snowstorm in Michigan... But I saw other flights landing, and to book another flight for that day was like I'd already spent $500, and I can wait five days to get that back from my canceled flight. But, like, other flights that day were like $1,000 to, like, book one that day to get up there. So I was like, nope, not making it. Sorry, bud. But he had fun. It was cool. He had a party. Party down in a hotel and sent me a bunch of pictures and like everything's frozen ice outside, but they're in a hotel that's got like a heated pool and like a beach on the inside. Okay, stuff. yeah, and, I've seen one of those. Yeah, and I'm, I'm like, so him and his friends are having fun. Good deal. That was uh, 
that and what he just turned nine years old so that's that's about the time you start getting into fuckery that's about the time you start shenanigans yeah yeah they're good <laughs> speaking of shenanigans hey on. well and i'm Y'all are going to get some more content this week. I'm actually kid-free. My daughter's uh, spring break. She's staying with a grandparent. Uh, but uh, I figured I'd break the mold the other night while, while I had her. And this is something we kind of talked about on here. I uh, I wanted to introduce her to South Park. And I there I was like, well, if there's a mild enough episode on, uh, you know, I'll, I'll show it to her. Is it the Christmas Friends? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> It's not even that bad of one, but like, I got to say my daughter, I know a lot of fathers look at their daughter as like way more innocent than they really are. I really think my daughter is like a really, really innocent eight year old. I'm like, let's try out a little bit of South Park. She knows a little bit about it. It's the Aspen video. The Aspen one. Oh, a little piece of Aspen. A little bit, you know, French fries, yeah. pizza slice. If, yeah. if not, you're going to have a bad time. Yeah. So, like, let's start it off and see how Stan it's Stan like. Darsh. I was like, if the worst thing I remember is a chick shows her boobs that aren't boobs or little monsters that are attached <laughs> to her chest. <laughs> Do you remember that part? No. Oh, it's a, towards the end of it. She distracts the, the cool skier. Oh, yeah, when they're racing? Yeah. Okay. Uh, but, no, so the episode starts out. With the parents meeting up and all the kids are together. And Kenny has died for real and hasn't come back. And Butters, has, this is like one of the first few episodes where Butters has replaced Kenny. And uh, it starts off. No, Lily's watching this with me. Like there's been a couple of cuss words so far. And she goes, that's funny. <laughs> that's okay. And then it gets to uh, Cartman goes, hey, listen, Butters. Uh, uh, Butters passes out while they're all playing video games. And Cartman goes, guys, guys, I got this neat trick I found out about. I'm going to take a glass of water. I'm going to put Butter's hand in it while he's sleeping. And then I'm going to take off my pants and I'm going to pee on him. <laughs> and, <laughs> and my daughter turns and looks at me and is like, he's going to what on him? And I'm like, no, it's funny. Just, just wait. Just wait. And they go, no, Cartman, you're supposed to put his hands butter and he pees his pants. Cartman goes, no, no, no. This is more funny this way. And also, the other night, I did what I call a Hitler. I wiped my butt with my finger and wiped it underneath his nose <laughs> to give him a Hitler must. And my daughter looked at me and goes, turn it off now. And I go, okay, 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 I will. She's too, she's too kind she's, for this world. She's too young. She's too, she's too pure so far. I guess... I guess she was riding with my mom the other day and uh, they're riding down a state road and a dusty old semi passes around them and uh, there's something written on the back of it and Lily is sounding it out. She's getting good at spelling so far. And she goes, mom, my mom says, she goes, dick sucker. Mama Lynn, what's dick sucker? So, yeah, and my mom was like, don't worry about it. Oh, la, la. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't you get Yeah. I don't know. We'll get home and your dad will do it. This sounds like a dad question. <laughs> oh, Lord. So that's how my past week has been. Ups, downs, funs, turns, curves. Uh, the rest of the world. Holy shit. A lot of stuff. Like, I feel like we say that every week. but It keeps... Finding ways to get worse. By the way, if anyone wants a good, like, prediction of just how stuff is going down, I told Merce the whole way here, I listened to Yuri Bedmanov. It's Yuri, B-E-H-E-M-E-N-O-V, or O-Z, one or the other. Uh, Or KGB defector from the Soviet Union just talks about how they plan to bring about destruction of the United States. Don't get me wrong. I don't think it's 100% what the guy is saying, but I'm like, there's some beats there that you could track that are good. So if anyone's interested, go go look up the old Black Ops 2 trailer. It's best trailer you've ever seen. But um no, so in the last week I know there's some funny stuff with money happening as far as Silicon Valley Bank and as far oh, as Oh yeah, the, it's not a, it's not a bank anymore. It's 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 out of money. So what's happened with it? They're out of money. So what they just lent more than they had and then the FDIC ain't backing up what they had. No, I'm not exactly sure what happened. Basically, the bank the bank went bankrupt. Okay. And so, and then FDIC... And, and a bunch of people made a run on it, right? To yep. find out their money wasn't there? Yep. And when I say people made a run on it in Silicon Valley, an example you gave was like Roku. Yeah, like, so, yeah, like Roku's like one of their big companies. You know, yeah. Roku has millions or say, I don't know, billions in the bank. 
Well, the FDIC only insures your money up to $250,000. <laughs> which is too much money so, for a guy like me. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, which, well, that's mainly why I say it's for to help people like me and you, essentially. But that would mean until some things are discovered, uh, because the feds have shut it down. The feds have taken over the bank. Because, Nationalized it. Well, I don't, know what, I don't know what the plan is. I think it's there so they can try, so they can try to keep it, yeah. the funds going to the right place, but you know, right. the government gets involved. But yeah, so, and nobody, and that's, of course, happens on a Friday. Yeah. And so everybody's kind of like waiting to see what's going to happen tomorrow. But you know, it's, I just saw that Joe Biden's going to come out in the morning and address the crisis. He will assure this nation and make us feel safe and secure. I wish I had bought puts on the market because whoever betted on the market going down on Monday is going to make a killing. Good for them. I mean, at least someone's making yeah, a killing off of it. No, so yeah, the, the bank stock went from trading like 300 bucks a mm. share to like nothing in like a day. And it's just a chain chain reaction. And then, you know, crypto, the SEC has gone after it and just decimating crypto. And then with the banks <laughs> collapsing... Pretty, the one stable uh, hang on, hang on. When you said that the SEC has gone after crypto, they've started, they've changed the language of what a security is or what a... Yeah, change what a security is to try to make it now a security where if, they can charge, charge more taxes on it. And from what I've heard, how they've wrote it, and I don't know uh, shit about fuck when it comes to this stuff, but the, that practically... They're not saying an old baseball card is a security, but by the language they made, an old baseball card is a security. Yeah, pretty, essentially, pretty much. Like they're staking it. They're basically coming after it ways to make it, to make it less lucrative or yeah. make it. There's no reason for people to hold it, which is annoying. And then Biden also on <clears throat> either Thursday or Friday announced his new bill or his new um, budget for the year. For, more money. Well, not only more money. And now a 30% tax on all crypto, um, or elect- all electricity used to operate crypto. So like your mining, huh? your mining rigs or the networks, they have to pay an additional 30% on all the electricity that's used. Um, then he's also raised the, like the, the capital gains to 40% is his like... So basically, why would you get involved in in main in mining crypto, crypto or, the, or the markets unless and you've so they, already secured your place in the market? And, and so they've all started and be like, so there's just been a massive chain reaction of things. So I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Monday morning or by the time you're listening to this, it's not like in free fall. Hope you have your canned beans. And you know, the guys I I've listened to, the people that have. Most convinced me probably of, of most of my beliefs are like some real economic nuts that used to surround Ron Paul back in his old uh, election days. People like Tom Woods, Jeff Deist, Bob Murphy is an excellent dude on taking extremely complicated economic situations and boiling it down. One of his most famous analogies is people on an island. Right. He's like, if you have 20 people on an island, how does paper money work if you keep making more pay? And he just goes, all right, how, where does this change with 100 people or with 1,000 or 300 million? Where does this start making sense to do it this way? So he's a real brilliant guy. But what these guys have said and what the, the interest rate of the Fed right now is at what, Merce? I don't remember its exact thing, but they ballpark they, it. Oh, it's, it's like the highest it's been since like the 80s. Yeah. But they. Seven percent or something like yeah, that. Yeah, they had, uh, but they had said that they were going to be about done. They could stop pausing. They'd kind of reach for the word. Things were going to be under control. And then and also last week with everything going on, they're like, "We were wrong. We're going to have to keep raising the rates." Yeah. And from what I've heard, like, so them raising the rates, how, how this is, and I, without getting too much in the details, like, it seems like over the past two years, and correct me if I'm wrong, Merce, every time the economy starts to pick up, the Fed. D- one, the government spends a lot more money than it already is. Basically, yeah, anytime the, the the Federal Reserve has been going off of like the market strength and the jobless the job numbers and right. stuff like that. So anytime they've been seeing the Federal Reserve basically came out and said that we can't stop inflation. So the only way we're gonna be able to stop inflation is if we stop the economy. Because if you're not spending money, the money can't be inflated. Yeah. So anytime there's been positive growth or things in the market, the Federal Reserve has come out and been like, nope, we're still raising rates. Yeah. But at the same time, the government is still spending money. And it's like if they did one or the other, 
it would be okay. Seemingly. But they're doing both at the same time. Yes. And it's if just... they either stopped spending the money, then you can have the higher interest rates and it wouldn't hurt as bad because yeah, we're not like, spending so like much money. It's like trying to stop the car before you wreck it, but you still got your foot on the gas as you're mashing, mashing, mashing the brake, the brake yeah. words. And now here's the thing. Like I've heard like on that Meet Kevin channel, you showed me a fantastic channel. Anybody take it out. He, check it out. He does fantastic investigative journalism. And I doubt mine and his politics line up at all, which should be like a good endorsement of me if I don't, if we're not in the same camp and I still like, you know. His, yeah, he's good. He'll, he's good on like very running, thorough. Down, running down stuff that's mm. like exactly what happened. Some, some of it's clickbaity, but he's very good at like oh, presenting well, the, the facts. Yeah, very, click, very clickbaity. But yes, factual and he doesn't like wing it like we do. He's like, here's the document, very Alex Jonesy. Here's the documents to prove it. Yeah. Like, less theatrical. Um, and we're back. I think I smashed a wire with my pin clicking and it happened. Anyways, what I was getting at with that little bit of a rant was uh, the people surrounding Ron Paul like 12 years ago, these economists that I've followed, and I have Googled so very hard to see how they were wrong on things. Like I, That was another one of my big turning points was I started hearing these like ideas about economics and free trade and stuff. And I'm like, man... This stuff sounds wacky. Let me like Google and see how it's wrong. And I looked high and low and could not find a coherent argument against what these people were saying. And if what they're saying is true, I remember them saying like back in 2009 or 2010, after the 08 recession, they're like, guys, I know this is like, like we were still trogging through it at the time. And they're like, we know this is bad. This isn't even putting our toes in the water of how bad, th- th- because of the math and because of our fiat money system and it not being backed by anything, this is a house of cards. And it's been a house of cards It really since the Federal Reserve, especially since we got off the gold. Again, this back in 08 with that spending that we had back then. Well, if we don't cut spending immediately and they don't raise, I think they said the interest rate has to be above 10% to even begin to make a difference. They're like, even if you just raised it to 11%, you're not Man, solving it. I don't want to play anymore. Yeah, they were saying. I'm like ready to flip my Monopoly board over and go play a different game. It's getting, uh, the, the more I look around, the more those people just seem like they were right. And they even, even other things they were talking about. I went to a cowboy class over the weekend. Uh, and you know, this is it's legitimately exactly what it sounds like. A bunch of cattlemen like go to this. It's like a continuing education credit seminar, uh, but it's literally at a set of cow pens out underneath some oak trees. And there, there was a really one of the smartest guys we've ever heard about cattle. Uh, talking there, who had one of the most bad-ass mustaches I've ever seen. I mean, starts under the lip, big bushy, goes down handlebars that go past the mutton chops and, like, back to his ears. And I was like, I can't even grow one-tenth of that. God bless you, kind sir. But, and no, I'm wrong. Gave a fantastic presentation on, like, uh, how to cow when you're working cattle for it to be more humane to the cow, uh, to increase your money. The stuff I talked about the other episode, the nicer you are to the cow, the more money you make. So bada bing, bada boom, either way, it's a good thing. Uh, everybody wins. But one of the other things he got into, which just like made my eyes roll to the back of my head. He said, so there is this current medication. It's an antibiotic. You can go buy it at tractor supply for $30 for right now. He said, in six months, now think about how, like, to, to put that in perspective, like, we give cows antibiotics the same reason you give them to humans. You got a really sick cow, give her a shot of some uh, wrestler gold. I don't even know if that's an antibiotic, but, like, specifically the brand antibiotic that you get at tractor supply. I can't remember which particular one it is. You can buy penicillin there. Yeah, and it, it helps them come back. Um, and he For said, all you heathens, just yeah. FYI, you can buy penicillin at Trigger Supply. There you go. Make sure you read the dosages for uh, your animals. For your animals only. Uh, but he says, uh, starting in six months, you will no longer be allowed to buy this at Tractor Supply. Instead of that, you must go to a vet, a government-licensed vet, and you must get a prescription for a medicine that starts out costing $1,000 for the same amount of dosage. 
because the government got involved. And, and and so this was his reasoning. And God, I'm not picking on this guy because he's just the messenger that has to go out to the most isolationist groups of people and try in Florida. Not to get shot. Yeah, yeah. Try try to educate them and not get on their bad side. And part of it's like, guys, we'll cook you a steak at the end, uh, which it's really good steaks. They did a fantastic job. But he says the reasoning they're doing this is because they're worried about uh, ranchers being all willy-nilly with their antibiotic program, which it's a good, like, uh, good observation, I'd say. There's probably some ranchers who don't know what the hell they're doing when it comes to medicines, but they're not wasting their money on it or else they're not going to stay in business very long just on that. But he said uh, now they're starting to notice super bacteria and super, uh, you know, stuff that, like, Stuff that penicillin doesn't work on. Stuff that normal they're having to change anti- antibiotic-resistant bacteria strains, right? Yeah. And even so from people not rotating. The, even he says this. He goes, what this is mostly from, and he says, I will tell you, I, I did this before I went to college, was if I got a prescription from the doctor and, like, it was amoxicillin or something, I took it until I felt better, and then I stopped taking it. He said, like most people I knew. Said you're supposed to take the whole thing because that kills what's in you. He said if you don't finish that damn prescription, even after you feel better, you live and-, and they grow resistant to all this. He said so. Like it's obvious that it's coming more from that and not from us giving cattle animal because it goes. How often does one cow get antibiotics per year? And it's like not. There's some cows that will never get antibiotics. They don't, well they might eventually, but it's like they might get sick once every couple of years. You know, yeah. uh, if you keep them in good health and stuff. But so that's like the government's solution to this problem is to make it harder on ranchers while simultaneously increasing the profits of whatever big pharma company is making that antibiotic and cutting out all of their competition. Yeah. The the small scale yeah. farmer, the backyard farmer is the first one to always get just whacked. And now this is something like I really want to get at the heart at. This is a micro example of something we've said before. It's in every single damn industry in this country. And it's like, what, what is worse? Let's say, let's say a farmer did something bad to a cow that got somebody killed. Right. And they could trace it back to that farmer or, or even if they couldn't trace it back to that farmer, that's one person dying from this guy's beef. Which feels local, you could trace it back much more easily than you could at one of these international packing houses. But I digress. What's worse? Like somebody dying from someone making a bad decision or a decision being forced on all the producers of that product, which makes this harder to to get for everybody. Literally simultaneously for everybody in the nation, this product, the, the stake, just became more expensive. Now, if you got a lot of money, it's no big deal to you. You can pay a couple extra bucks for a steak. For the mom and dad on like food stamps or like just barely getting by or whatever, like that's that's dinner for all of your kids or cutting scraps a little short that night. Like that's that's a big decision maker. And the like, I'm just talking about steaks in that instance. When you add it up on. Light bulbs on, on water on, on well, light bulbs are their own thing. Dude, well, it's it's the same kind of they literally. We know light, the companies all got together. And, yeah. and realized that they their light bulbs were too efficient. Yeah, so and they were never selling but light bulbs. Yeah, so but they, so they all agreed that and there's like a they get together like once a year and agree to like how they're supposed to run out and they can't but, deviate by so many. But you know what they agree on? The laws and regulations to produce them. It's like that, that's a big lefty or like should say like populist like is like, oh, all the companies will get together and rig it where that's like, no, they'll rig the laws where it's illegal to do this shit unless you do it their way. Right. But if they don't have the laws, what's the problem with them all getting together and saying, oh, we're only going to make light bulbs that last one year? It's like someone else can open a factory and make them last two years. Right. Like this is just sell them out. And it's very even Rockefeller, Mr. Monopoly Man. Before he got in bed with the government, there was competition rising up against him because he spread himself too thin. Right. And he had to get government regulation to regulate out his competitors, which is like brilliant chess move. <laughs> I'll give yeah, him that. 
No, like I said, hat, hats off to you. You screwed us all. Yes. Like, well, but sir, well played. Yes. Like, like you won the game. Congratulations. You'll go to hell, but I'm sure yeah, in yeah, this we're, life, we're good doomed, for you. We're doomed for eternity, but you, congratulations. You made all the right moves. So, yeah, I don't even, so somehow medicine state. Yeah, it's it's the more regulation that happens. Well, they no matter what. after ivermectin, too. Oh, one, yeah. It's one of the things to get it off there. But I've always wondered if that cause it had something to do with the COVID Thing on how readily accessible it is because they were getting mad at people taking the horse medicine. I really thought, dude, you so remember, I wonder if it's all tied in. Do you remember when they showed the picture and they said the uh, the the gunshot wound victims were being ignored in Oklahoma City because of all the people overdosing on ivermectin? I don't remember. I remember they were trying dude, to make some big deal. This was a news article in Rolling Stone, I think, and they showed a picture and it's like. The, the hospital's not seen gunshot victims because people are over ODing on ivermectin. And they published this in July in Oklahoma City. And the people you see in the picture waiting outside of the hospital are wearing jackets <laughs> and scarves and beanies. <laughs> I need more blankets. <laughs> and less blankets. In Oklahoma, we're in the middle of July, we're in a jacket. Turns out it was, it was bullshit. I'm pretty sure Ivermectin won the Nobel Prize for being the most safe. It's like, one of the safest and most easily made and cheapest drugs there are for a variety which of... Which goes against everything Big Pharma and the governments want. And I'll go to you right now. My father has been taking it once a week since all this COVID stuff happened. And just he, rub a little bit of that horse yeah, paste no, in your gums. Yeah, he takes like the paste, like he just squirts it out hang of on, on his finger. You're talking about the legit horse wormer. Yeah. <laughs> not, not the human ivermectin. Like he goes to the food no, store. No, like, yeah. Drip, and, drip, yeah, drip. he says get the one, like, whatever color. If you know the dosage, it's yeah, the same like, shit. Not. He's like, you just got to do the dosage by the pound. And uh, remember, you're not a horse. He's like, I just put a little on my finger and rub it on my, in my teeth. Like, guys, it, it, out there. And he like, has not been sick since. People have gotten sick around him. He <laughs> has been just flying colors. Guys, like, there's so many ranchers and farmers I've talked to that are, are not even like necessarily ranchers. I mean, like even horse people that are just like in the horse world. They're like, I don't go to a doctor. I got a vet friend. Yeah, <laughs> like, and they're like, yeah, I just, you know, and so I've never known. Have you ever known anybody to OD on animal meds? Uh, no, but I think they're starting to now. I saw a thing on the, I think it was on Drew Garabo or I was hearing, I was hearing on, there's something called, they're calling it Trank. They're taking some form of animal tranquilizer. Well, that's like a the, tale as old as time. <laughs> Come on. Like Everyone some, likes to party a little it's, tranquilizer. It's like super cheap one that makes them like zombies. Like, remember like that crocodile stuff? Yeah. Was, it's like a new reemergent of that where they're like messed up in Philadelphia. Dude, I don't know if we've like ever really gotten in, into... How do people start these drugs? Like That's what I, I mean. I guess you get into a bad place or if you're drunk. Or you get, I, don't, I don't know, but like... I feel like everybody knows meth, like... I can understand uh, everything up to and including cocaine. Just, like, stereotypes based... I, I don't do coke. I think it's stupid never, to do. Never tried them. Like, I can see that, too. I'm saying I can... There's, I like, can a see. lifestyle that's... And then after that, I'm like... You're literally just taking your life and throwing it down the tube. Your teeth fall out of your head, and you're chasing shadow people in your house. Which, hey, I'm all down for chasing shadow people. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't get how nobody just, like, looks at some of the people out there and be like, like I never want that to happen to me. Dude. And then they, like, you can't just do a little bit of meth. You can't just do just a little bit of meth. <laughs> well, I think, oh, dude, who was talking about, was this on Joe Rogan? That yeah, might be still in a little bit of a bit from him, but it was a fascinating thing I was listening to him talk about. No, it was on one of these damn iceberg things I started listening to. It was just like crazy, craziest Reddit entries. And it was this guy that was uh, like a financial consultant. He was very white collar, very rich. And he was like, hey, Reddit, listen, I've, uh, I'm like 35 now. I've never really done anything more than drinking and smoke a little bit of weed in college. Um, I've decided I'm going to try heroin for the first time. No. And I'm going to document how this is. And he goes and like like takes a picture of himself buying like you know cuts his face out and everything, but it's like I'm buying. Oh, it's I picture like a selfie with a drug dealer. Like like it's close. It's something like that. And he's like, uh, and he starts out like it's like three days. And he's like, I'm gonna do this once and tell everybody how it is, and I'm never gonna do it again. That's that's what everybody. Three saying. days later, so I'm gonna do heroin again. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I'm gonna go score some, but I'm not. I'm totally not addicted. But it's just such a good feeling. I want to see what it's like again. And like, dude, it's. It's six to seven months into this. He's like, uh, he drops off and everyone's like, oh, maybe he OD'd. Maybe. And the, 
that's like a year later, he's like, I've been in rehab. <laughs> I'm back out now, guys, but don't worry. On the straight and narrow. Three years later, I've been in rehab again. <laughs> and, oh, yeah, I, I believe it. I saw it's a documentary. It's, um, he's a, I think he's a NASA employee or engineer. It's a, it's a black guy with the glasses. The guy talk, with crack? Talking about crack. Dude. And he, and he later OD'd and he's just as straight face as can be. He's like, I don't care. He's like, when I leave here. He I'm is gonna... the most logical crack smoker you've ever seen in your life, right? Yeah, and he's yeah. just straight up about it. He's just saying it. And he's like, I get it. I've seen people throw their lives away, but until you try it, which is like why I'm just never mm. going. You just don't know. You don't risk that. I'm all right. Yeah. No, mm. it's, nope, I'm good. Yep. I don't, I don't need that. However, though, I will tell you, if I get, if I'm like 70 or 80 years old and I get like a, you have six months to live. Oh, you're, it, you're, yeah, you're having I'm a smorgasbord. Gonna, I'm going to ride the tiger. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to see what all this jazz is all about, everybody. Yeah, at, that, at that point, like, man. Well, you know, I think, have you ever heard of the comedian Doug Stanhope? He's no. from like the early 90s to the, he still does it. He's just an older guy now. And he, debaucherous and filthy and think of the worst jokes you ever could. That's him. Uh, always advocates everybody doing all the drugs that they want. Very... Like, if you want, like, libertarians to have, like, a bad image, he's the bad image, but he's funny as shit. Yeah. He's just hilarious. Here's my uh, PSA, kids. Don't do crack. Yeah. <laughs> we did our we did our good day. There we might go. have saved a youth. All of y'all uh, disobeying your parents and listening to odd podcasts in the evening, yeah, don't yeah, do crack. If y'all smoking weed in the basement, that's fine. Just don't do crack. <laughs> yeah, but he, uh, who the hell was I just talking about? Comedian. Oh, yeah, Doug Stanhope. No, even he, uh, I, I think his mom, like, had six months to live or something like that. And his mom was like, I want to have, like, a suicide party. And they got him and his brother and his mom got together and watched, like, mo- her favorite movies and gave her cocktails of different drugs and different drinks. And she's like, I want to go out in a blaze of glory tonight. And, like, by that night, by the next morning, she was gone. And they partied with her all night. And I was like, what a fucking wild like i'm not gonna do that i don't want anybody but how do you know when you're dead <laughs> i guess they I mean do. You're, you're i mean no i mean and they know but like yeah. i would hate that like just be like a trip and then it all goes black as is nope nah. no no me, me neither there's some there's some people that want some wild shit to happen which i'm all for it live life it, it's your body it's your life as long as you're i here. hope i die in a blaze of glory Fine. but i don't want it to be like a mental like here's a really weird thing about me like, I kind of, I don't know. Well, I tend to go about my life and like with my family and my kids and stuff. I lead a pretty conservative lifestyle, I'd say, compared to... I'm a rancher, for God's sake. You kind of have to, to a certain degree. Um, however, when I hear these people of different walks of life, like that crazy stuff, I can't imagine putting myself in the mindset to well, I want to do something like that with one of my parents. If it was their last wish, I mean, I'd love my parents. I'd respect them as much as possible. But I love the fact there's people like that in this world. Like, I'm like, that's cool as shit that we, life goes from Japanese people with paper dragons and parades to suicide party with parents dying. Like, what a... What a wild reality this yeah, is. You have, you have like NASA physicists and then the soft white underbelly. Cool, <laughs> dude. Yeah, I saw it. We mentioned a little bit of it before the show, and that's rough. I like How I, did you find out about it? Just got recommended on your feed somewhere? Or like a YouTube, and it was like the, the guy that can't talk, and he just barks. And and what soft white underbelly is, there's this guy, there's this uh, interviewer. He's the same guy, but he goes all over the country and finds the most downtrodden areas and interviews people there. And they're like, I won't talk to you unless I got heroin. He's like, oh, calm down. I'll help you. I'll give you some money for some heroin. Just let me sit down while you do it. And I'm going to interview you and I'll give you 50 bucks. And they're like, all right, <laughs> we'll do it. I'll take that deal. <laughs> yeah. And like the one I watched was, uh, it was on Skid Row in LA, which I guess is actually a real place. Not just a band. No, I always thought like people referred to it as a general area, like yeah. or a bad place. No, no, it's like the street's name is Skid Row, where mm. all the homeless people live. And uh, he was interviewing like these two meth out homeless people. I mean, piercings every which way, look like skeletons. A guy and a girl, and God, within five minutes of interviewing them, like this score one for the atheists. I get a, I get one of your points now. Jeez, I mean, he's like. 
Yeah, like he's talking to the woman when we said this for the show, and he's like, uh, so when did you start using meth? She's like, at 13 years old. He goes, oh, what, what, what made you start that? My cousin had it after I was molested. And he's like, well, who, who molested you? My whole family. And it's like, oh, my God. Like, yeah. duh. Poor people. All right. Maybe meth makes you not think about that. I still don't think meth is the answer. I don't think it's the answer, but it makes a little more sense. Just be a wino. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Drink your problems away. A tale yeah. as old as time. That's socially more acceptable. Yeah, crawl in the gutter with a bottle. And your skin stays healthier. Yeah, you got most of your teeth. Stays a little fattier yeah. on your skin. Um, although, man, when you see like a really, really spent wino, that's a different kind of... Start getting kind of the yellowy as their liver's failing. Yeah, or like the fat red cheeks and puffy nose where you can see the pores yeah. real easy gotta drink the Listerine when they wake up oh man so yeah meth hell of a drug oh. that's water in his cup by the yeah. way it's not wine <laughs> <laughs> by the way like I remember my, our good buddy we brought up a couple shows ago Ethan the redneck genius me and him were hanging out one day. and I'm a side note if y'all can't if y'all are listening and not one of the fabulous people watching on YouTube by the way follow us at Facebook Instagram Twitter, YouTube, Rumble, at Bandit Radio Hour. Uh, I'm a skinny shit. I've always just been skinny as a rail. And uh, I remember our good buddy Ethan came up to me one day when we were hanging out a lot. And uh, he goes, listen, man, you know you can tell me the truth on, like, anything you're going through. I'm like, yeah. And I've, I've, like, I've stayed at his house before when I was going through some hard shit. And uh, he's like, so, you been smoking meth? I'm like, what? No! <laughs> he's like, Josh, you could tell me, uh, I haven't been smoking bath. <laughs> I, I think I've seen it once in my life, <laughs> and I left as quickly as I could. You just look out and start wiggling your teeth like, no, no. <laughs> it's still there. I, I just don't brush good. <laughs> That's it. I need to floss more. I swear to God. <laughs> but no, no, no. That's. I'll, I, if there is a drug I don't like, but like the lifestyle. It'd probably be something like cocaine. So it always just looks like people are dancing and having a good time. But how I heard a guy describe it once, and I thought it was really accurate, he goes, you're the man. Like when it comes to dancing, when it comes to fighting, when it comes to everything, you're the man. Like you have no faults when you're on cocaine. And I'm like, that is the last damn drug on earth I need. I need to be reminded of my faults and my insecurities Every waking Johnny, moment. Johnny Bravo in powder form. Dude. <laughs> it'd make Johnny Bravo look mild. It'd be bad. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know how we went from crypto dollar to Johnny Bravo and Coke. Episode title. That would be terrifying. <laughs> Coke's out Johnny Bravo. Johnny Bravo was a hero. A national hero. Could not be made today. So, dude, I was trying to think of some other stuff that came up in the news. Actually, I'm just looking at her little dumb list here about what else we got to talk about one thing that i've noticed uh, well one thing that has been everywhere is tucker carlson just dropping bombs on january 6th better uh, drop bombs on syria we'll get to that that's pretty pretty shitty uh but no dude have you seen the latest footage with the shaman oh him just being like escorted around a little tour yeah and like praying with the cops and yeah, hoping like that a little tour guide did you see the video Elon Musk showed of him before he goes into the Capitol with the megaphone? Or he's like saying Trump told us to leave. Yeah, and, yeah. Trump told us to leave. We all need to go home. Yada, yada. You see the ones where the people in the black change into the the MAGA outfits? No, I haven't seen they're that. They're in their black Antifa gear and they're like changing like in the bushes. And they're yeah. yelling, delete that. And they're trying to get the phone. and it's, Dude, it's totally... They had all the stuff loaded the next day for this is the worst... I saw that the uh, when the Democrats like wouldn't remember they wouldn't allow it to be bipartisan investigated. They hired a Hollywood uh, producer and film editor mm-hmm. to cut and splice everything. Yeah, yeah. And it's uh, pretty fascinating, very pretty good stuff. Uh, so there's been a lot of attention on that, and you know uh, they wouldn't the Democrats wouldn't go along with the Republicans on the January sixth thing, but something they just you know. They, they definitely have their differences, and we can see it in this very divisive culture war, whether it's uh, abortion or LGBTQ, what the hell ever it is now. Uh, you can, it's, pretty, it's pretty much all the alphabet. You can see it with free speech and with censorship, and you see it. But you know the one thing, like, both parties can always just find common ground and come together on, seemingly, like, magically every time? 
What's that? Bombing the living shit out of people. Uh, there was, uh, hang on, bring up, uh, I want to bring up the official count because, uh, you know, here lately, Merce, elaborate on this for me when I'm bringing this up. Who would you say recently in the past 20 years has become like the anti, anti-war party? I guess you'd say Democrats. Anti-war? I don't know. They, I feel like they all yell at it, yell it whenever it like they need something. Well, if the Republicans have been good at something, it's when a Democrat is in power. They're not good at this when Republicans are in power. Like That's what I say. I don't really president. see either one. But, as... but when there's a Democratic president, normally they kick and scream about like you know what's up, oh, whatever we're being drugged into, and my constitutional rights. But then when a Republican's right. in office, they bulldoze it. But uh, they had a uh, hearing the other day to end the war. It was a resolution to end the the warring conditions in Syria real quick. Can't bring it up on my Twitter, damn it. Um, was it how they voted? It was how they voted. And uh, number one, I, if you would have asked me and probably most good conservatives lately, I'd say they probably would have said the Republicans have seemingly been the most anti-war Seemingly, they talk the biggest game about it. At least, right. well, you don't but like see, our dollars, but I, but I feel like deep down they are the war party. They, is the problem. Well, when we were growing up, they absolutely were. Yeah. And, and you know George oh. Bush years. I mean, but uh, no, they more uh, Democrats and Republicans by a gigantic margin voted to not end the war in Syria, which technically they never approved. Yeah. To, which, like, is mind-blowing. Like, they did not have a congressional act to start this war, but they bring it up, like, let's vote to end it. And they're like, no. Which, to give an idea of how fucked up what we're doing in Syria is. So Dave Smith did a, like... Oh, it's ex- fine. There's oil there. Did an excellent... Actually, I th- Dave Smith brought a, vi- a very, very interesting connection. See, y'all remember us talking about based Assad and, you know... Blake Shelton letters to yeah, his wife. He's got a happy marriage. Yeah. yeah. So I think when we talked about it, just a brief overview uh, from what y'all might remember, we invaded Syria because they were attacking our lifelong allies, the Kurds, who, depending on the day, are either our ally or someone we don't care about. Um, they, uh, we lo- started launching an invasion under Obama. Then whenever, as soon as we were pulling out, it seemed like Assad gassed his own people. Uh, which would be the most retarded military decision ever. After a lengthy investigation, other whistleblowers, no, he did not gas his own damn people. It was like, if, if anything else, it was a hoax. But all that to the side, whenever we were giving money to ISIS, you know, heard it's crazy. Dave you don't Smith, hear them anymore. Dave Smith broke this down. At the same time, so Iraq and Syria share a border, right? And literally, right down this border, on one side of it, we're killing ISIS in Iraq. On the other side of that border, we're giving ISIS money to fight Assad. Because Assad is like a moderate. He's not like a Taliban or like, like he's a dude in a suit that's like, I want to make money. (laughs) I want want my country to make money. Uh, So whenever we were invading and going, uh, or whenever the, you remember Trump? coming up and going like, y'all remember him saying like, hey, Russia wants to fight ISIS. I say, let them fight ISIS. Like, well, well, what he was talking about was ISIS that we were paying to fight Assad. Assad got like realized America was backing them, got on the phone with Putin and said, hey, I need some help with these terrorists in my country. Russia said, hey, we have the, we have been invited by country to help them with their terrorist problem, which our future pipeline also happens to go through. <laughs> that us and the United States have been at a bidding war over where this pipeline is going in Syria. So, since Syria invited Russia, Russia sends down some helicopters and some troops to combat ISIS, who we're paying. Dude, it... Fr- Why does this feel like the 70s? Dude, it flips, and Putin goes from being a respected ally on the world stage to it's like right then the media starts going, Putin's crazy. We can't trust Russians. They're hacking our like the, are they hacking our elections? This is all about that time. It's like they made us stop. They were like, 
kind of, and don't get me wrong, I'm not saying they're selfless. I'm not, they're a ruthless gang that's, that's a government dominating Russia is how I look at it. But at the same time, they're like, oh, we're going to give the U.S. a black eye on the world stage because they've been running the world like it's their cheap whore. The government, not American people, but like the government's been using these third world countries like it's their cheap whore just investing money and bombing them. We're going to push them out of this one and get good relations with Syria and go from there to Ukraine. And then we blew up another pipeline. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> that was just a pro-Ukraine group. Yes. That must right. have had the technology to go deep underneath the damn sea. Yes, and yes. It was pro-Ukraine. Yeah. Uh, which isn't that the United States military is pro-Ukraine. But anyways, what I was no, getting. No, that's NATO. No, true. <laughs> that's one. Yeah. Tomato, tomato. NATO, NATO. Uh, the thing I was getting at is they had a vote to keep this going on in Syria. And an overwhelm, actually more Republicans voted to stay in war than the Democrats did. Uh, overwhelmingly, like it was three to one beat the, like the, I was surprised at the numbers or I was like, or the fact that it wasn't even like close. It was just like overwhelmingly we're staying. We're staying. And like, dude, they even still do sanctions on Syria, which again, another Dave Smith point. I'm kind of echoing, but in my own little bandit way, like the point of sanctions, the idea of them is you make it illegal to trade into this country with anybody on our team. So nobody in France, nobody in Germany, nobody in South America, nobody anywhere can sell anything to anybody in Syria. And what the idea of that is, is to make the local populace restless and angry at their government that they'll then rise up against and dethrone. How many times has that ever happened? Well, we tried it January 6th. <laughs> <laughs> didn't do good enough of a job, it seemed like. Uh, but, like, that never... In the, again, another Dave Smith reference. I'm saying, might as well call that episode tonight. Uh, but he said, it's almost like if someone was robbing a bank and you said, uh, hey, what we're going to do is starve the hostages. That's our plan. And eventually the hostages will get so upset, they'll fight the bank robber because they, pe- they want food. It's like, what a retarded idea. Yeah, it's a good way to just get them killed. Yeah, yeah, like, what a, it's just, the people will just suffer, but it's, all that will continue on, and like, you know, I am into this stuff. If you would have asked me three weeks ago, do we technically have an ongoing war in Syria? Even I would have probably said no. But I know we're probably still doing CIA infiltration and tactics and hit and run stuff over there, but not, but no, I guess we're still... Just shows how how many people. But we're are. out of Afghanistan. The one uh, we talked about this before the show, uh, like the one video I saw out of Syria. It's like fucking kids, my daughter's age, my daughter and my son's age. Like they're no longer than no older than like eight or nine, and they're playing on a street corner. And like one of them's got their like little shitty flip phone, and he's videotaping like them playing a game, and a missile just freaking explodes overhead. And like, there's what? No, it's not like a smut film. Like, you don't actually see anybody dead. You see, like this nine-year-old kid just grabbing his friend who's knocked out from the rubble and just dragging him behind the building. Like, he might be dead, might just be knocked out, but just like, this is life. I'm just. And then all you're doing is you're just, and those children just grow up to hate oh, America. Dude, if I found an American flag anywhere, any flag, or if I found a Chinese flag on that bomb rubble or whatever, I'd be like. All right, my life's goal is to kill whoever flies this flag. Yeah. That, like, without a shadow of a doubt. We are not making friends. No, and the, like, there is a part of me that's like, you know, this has always been a way of the world. Is poor damn innocents getting caught in, like, the gears of human awfulness. But here's the difference. My money wasn't attached to it. Right. Before then. Like, it's like, th- this was separated from me. I had nothing to do with it. I still gotta pay my taxes. Yeah, I gotta pay mine, and every time I'm like, I'm buying more bombs. <laughs> it's supposed to be fixing roads. Suppo- <laughs> Suppo- Domino's does a better job of that. Uh, but instead, it's just going to... Duh. Did you see the thing where the guy just uh, spray paints giant penises inside the potholes to force the county to have to do something about them? Dude, yeah, there's a guy I saw in Canada. He's called the Road Anarchist. And he puts on a balaclava, like covers himself, and he goes out in the middle of the night and fixes potholes in Canada that are like... Didn't he get in trouble for doing I it? I think he did, but like yeah. people will come up and like give him weed and give him money. He's like, whatever, I just, I just want my roads to work. Yeah. <laughs> like, 
But we need the government for roads. Dude, it's... You know, I've said it a couple of shows, but I guess you just grow up... You grow up surrounded by rules and grids, and you don't see... Maybe that's your natural assumption as how, but... I mean... I don't know. I, As compared to what? You know, there's this great... There's this awesome quote. Uh, Under the threat of anarchism... There is a great chance that you may be that someone will be murdered or raped or robbed. Uh, no, no, nope, just murdered. There is a chance that someone will be murdered. Underneath the protection of the state, it's a guarantee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's like take your pick. So sorry to make it all like doom and gloom on the end of tonight's episode, but listen, I'll make up for it. I got some. We got some extra entertaining in the works this week. I'm kid free. I will be working cows. That's going to be a son of a bitch. But if I got the energy, uh, we're going to bring you all a couple of very special bonus episodes this week. Uh, Unless the week just keeps getting worse. Then like, there's a chance this stuff just beats our ass and I don't make it over here. I, I am not looking forward to Monday's stock market open. I'm going to tell you that tomorrow. Well, it's what are you bad. doing for work this week? Uh, well, I was going to be I was going to be spraying melons, but it's supposed to rain tomorrow. Nice. So, so you might not be getting, you're going to attract her probably. I'll be pushing cows. Oh, it's supposed to rain. I'll be and fishing. it's supposed to blow 40 miles an hour, so you're going to have a fun time in sideways rain. I'll be fishing cows. <laughs> so I will be... Leave my phone in the truck. My goal is to get my blueberry beds finished before before it rains, and then that's about all I got going on. And then Tuesday, Wednesday, I'll be spraying melons, and then I'll be free in the evenings if we want to get some more content. Right on. Well, guys, we'll try to bring it to y'all. Thanks for listening. Thanks for making it this far, and uh, we're almost to 100 retards that want to... Listen to my every word. That's actually terrifying. It really <laughs> is. People, y'all ain't got nothing better to do, but hell, keep tuning in. I'll keep doing it. It's fun. See y'all later.